Do you want to stop yelling and have your child listen to? Well, I have exciting news for you. If you're hearing this right now, it means that the doors to mindful parenting are open at mindfulparentingcourse.com. This only happens for a limited time, and it may be perfect for you if you want to be that patient, calm parent, but you're afraid of being walked all over, you're losing it, and you want to be that steady, peaceful parent, you don't have a cohesive method, and you take in bad advice like just count to one, two, three. Mindful parenting is an evidence-based system that not only teaches you how to calm your reactivity, but offers you a ton of personal guidance. A lot of other parenting coaches talk about the best way to respond to your child, but guess what? They don't walk you through the research-proven practices that it really takes to create changes that actually last. Mindful parenting teaches you the specific steps to create cooperative, loving relationships for life. In Mindful Parenting, you can learn how to stay calm, even if you find yourself shouting hourly now. Be present for your child no matter what they're going through. Resolve conflicts easily without yelling or taking away the iPad. Set limits without your child resenting you for days afterward. And build trust between you and your child so that you avoid misery in the teen years. The doors are open now at mindfulparentingcourse.com. Unlike other programs in Mindful Parenting, we offer one-on-one coaching to every member and weekly drop-in coaching sessions. Don't wait anymore. You and your kids are worth leveling up. Go to mindfulparentingcourse.com and join now before the doors close again. That's mindfulparentingcourse.com. I'll see you there. Often, when it's like the child's being disrespected, it's really the child's triggering something within you that probably has nothing to do with the actual child. You're listening to the Mindful Mama podcast, episode number 351. Today, we're talking about rethinking your ideas about kids with Mr. Chaz. Welcome to the Mindful Mama podcast. Here, it's about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent. At Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have, and when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm your host, Hunter Clark Fields. I help smart, thoughtful parents stay calm so they can have strong, connected relationships with their children. I've been practicing mindfulness for over 20 years. I'm the creator of Mindful Parenting, and I'm the author of the best-selling book, Raising Good Humans, a mindful guide to breaking the cycle of reactive parenting and raising kind, confidence. Kids. Welcome back to the Mindful Mama podcast. So psyched to have you here today. And listen, before we dive in, I would love it. It would make such a big difference if you could hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And if you've ever gotten anything from this podcast, please just go over to Apple Podcasts, leave us a rating and review. It just helps the podcast grow more. Listen, dear listener, we are about to cross a threshold of 2 million downloads. And that is all you. That is all totally organic growth. And you know, if you go over to Apple Podcasts, leave a rating and review, that helps so enormously. It takes 30 seconds and I really greatly appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. But more importantly, it just helps these conversations get to more and more people, which is so vital for the mission of changing generational patterns around the world. So please help me out. 
In just a moment, I'm going to be sitting down with Mr. Chaz, who is a teacher of teachers and is helping adults and parents truly see, guide, and trust their children. You may have seen Mr. Chaz on TikTok and Instagram. He is pretty much a crazy sensation there and has a lot of amazing things to say. I am loved, love, love talking to Mr. Chaz. We talk about why we should shift from old school punishments to more respectful, gentle, mindful way of parenting. And Mr. Chaz really understands how to just translate children's language into a way that we adults can understand. And we're gonna talk about what's really going on when kids are disrespectful and cultural norms that hold us back and, and really about the that perfectionism that also can really get us. And before we dive in, just a quick update. I'm working hard on book number two right now. I'm uh, writing away, I've been, here in my studio and sitting outside since the weather's been nice <laughs> writing my second book. If you still have not gotten my first book, Raising Good Humans, you should check it out. It has become a huge bestseller on audiobooks. You, you are an audio listener, so you can get it on audiobook. So go ahead and get it there. And when you do, head over to mindfulmamamentor.com. I have uh, some free gifts to support your reading of Raising Good Humans, so make sure you sign up to get those. Now join me at the table as I talk to Mr. Chaz. We speak the same language and in very different voices, and I really love that about you because mm -hmm. we talk, we both talk a lot about changing generational patterns. And yes. like for me, I had a very clear generational pattern that I wanted to break. You know, I had a like, a, you know, I, I got spanked when I was a kid, I got yelled at and it, you know, scared me and I've forgiven my parents and all of that, that all, all that work is under the table now, but I'm just curious about, you know, for me, I, I came out with my two-year-old, like I was yelling at her and I was scaring her and I was so disappointed in myself. And I know you work with parents, you work with teachers, you don't have any kids yourself, but you're working with parents and teachers to help break these generational cycles. Is it, is it really personal work for you in the same way that it was for me, like from your own family? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we all have our upbringing and all in our experiences and most of us grew up getting, you know, spanked and yelled at. And, and yeah, that's all a part of my story too, um, as is a lot of people's story, but it really didn't where a lot of my work is inspired by my work working with children. Right. And when I first started to work with children as a Montessori teacher to, in a uh, classroom of 30 children, um, I really quite honestly had no idea what I was doing. I just got a job because I needed a job and, you know, I knew that I was good with kids, but I really needed a job. And that's really what it was about. And once I got the job, uh, they gave, they gave me a little three-day training of just like, Hey, like part of it is about HR policies and background and paperwork and all that stuff. And, you know, a little bit of training about like what to actually do in the classroom. They, I still remember that they had they put a VCR in uh, for my training. And this was a big part of my training. It was a, it was a, it was a, um, it was a VCR of video of play, like a video about play, but that's how old it was. And that's how dated like the orientation was. And that should give you some kind of clue of how ill-prepared I was to go into this 
classroom and try to help with all these different emotions and anyone who has you know like I talk to parents you know like I like when I had two children and three children like it's just the emotions like everything is just like multiplied and you know thinking about a classroom with 30 children of just all these different emotions all these different personalities people upbringing um it was something I was not prepared to handle uh, to 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 really to to help with um and I struggled a lot with that because I understood the gravity of what I was doing, of being a part of growing the next generation of humans, right? But I didn't really know how to do that in a, a, in a helpful way, in a good way. Um, and I'd go in these situations of like conflict and I would come out of it and like try to help them with their problems. But by the end of it, like maybe they're yelling at each other and now they're hitting each other. And like, that didn't work. Like, what am I doing? Like, it, you know, and a lot of it, you know, when you first start off, you try to like focus like, logic is like the first thing you go to right you try to like i'm logically explaining what they should be doing and what, what should be happening but it's not working right and so you know i fell in all the you know traps that like most people do when they're trying to you know whether you're trying to you're you know becoming a teacher for the first time or a parent for the first time a caregiver in general i would say this does not only span a lot of what i talk about isn't just doesn't just apply to to parenting doesn't just apply to teaching it applies to leadership too and it applies to how we engage in relationships in our lives um definitely but 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 back to the story of just how this kind of became really you know personal how this all came about um i remember um struggling so like the visceral feeling like in my body of struggling of like going on break and like literally not like I don't have the strength to like to to go back in there and and to try to help. And like I was overwhelmed, I was stressed. Mm. And a big part of it is I just didn't understand what was happening, and I didn't have the tools. Mm. Um, and I knew that I like and I, so like I went searching, right? And I think this is a moment that a lot of people have. Like this isn't working. You know, the the breakdown uh, comes before, you know, the the progress the breakthrough, the breakthrough. Breakdown before the breakthrough. That was a word yeah, I was yeah, looking yeah. for. The breakdown <laughs> comes before the breakthrough. Yeah. Right. And that's. And before I get back to the story, anyone who just like just heard that. When you do break down or you do feel like you're having a breakdown or maybe you're in that spot right now, like. That can be for so many people, uh, for myself included, as I'm telling the story for, you know, hundreds of thousands of people I've talked to, like that, that's the pivotal moment. That breakdown, like that's the pivotal moment. That's when everything, that's where there's an opportunity for everything to change, right? For you to completely shift directions. So um, breakdown was happening and like, I need answers. Like, I, oh, there's gotta be a better way. There's gotta be a way to do this. Like I, there's gotta be more than this, like, VCR 1962 play video that I watched, right? There's got to be more to this. So over time, and luckily for me, like I had a leader who really believed in me and and, and I was in a company that really did a lot of training. So um, they sent me to trainings. I was, you know, reading books on my own, listening to podcasts, um, constantly trying things and reflecting. Like my reflection process is intense, like to the point where, uh, one of my leaders, one of my bosses, uh, uh, came up, created a verb for what I would do at the end of the day. And she was like, oh, are you chasing me? And what that, <laughs> what that meant was, um, 
at the end of the day, uh, like, are you, are we about to have a long conversation about like a reflective conversation about what happened and why it happened, what to do differently. But th this is the process of learning and growing and improving. And so um, over time, like I, I did that, I improved and to the point where I started to feel more confident. People started to ask me for advice and I still didn't see myself as like a mentor or someone who could help other people, but other people started to notice my growth and they started to ask like, oh, how can you, like, how can you help me? Can you help me with this? And, and, and I remember it was kind of another light bulb moment for me was someone kind of just casually asking, hey, like I'm really struggling with this child in this situation, can you help? I offered some advice kind of casually, but felt casually to me. And they came back and it was just like, my whole day has changed. Remember the, but like the, it changed the child's day. It changed my day. I need more of that. And that's when I'm like, man, yeah. So I'm growing this next generation of humans. And I love the impact that I'm making with my community of humans. But if I can impact teachers, my impact can be exponential. Mm -hmm. And so I became an educational specialist and that was pretty much my role. And I worked with eight to 10 different schools, kind of depending on the time um, and a larger company of about 60 or 70 different schools. So I, there were times where I worked with the other schools, but my focus was like the eight, 10 different schools in my district, so to speak. Right. Um, that really was like a dream job. People ask, oh, what's your, what's your dream job? I'm like, this is my dream job. I know like people don't see early childhood as something like, as like a career, but like that is like, I am feel so fulfilled by what I'm doing and I'm making an impact and I'm growing, I'm learning, I'm getting it, I'm growing as a person. Like this is what else could I ask for? Pandemic happened. Children, um, sorry, just smacked the mic. Uh, children went home, parents went home or parents were already home. They went home to their parents, teachers went home, right? And I saw through conversations I was having with parents and through you know, just through just social media, really saw how parents were struggling during this time, during that time, and and just observing and listening to parents. I it was kind of one of those moments, another one of those light bulb moments where I felt in my journey of learning and, and struggling and feeling like I'm ruining children. And like I've learned so much on my journey. And if I could share that, um then if, if I could share that, my experience, my journey, and my growth, that I, I knew that that would help so many people um, with their struggles. Um, yeah. Because again, I know it's like, like, there's got to be an answer to this. Like, there's got to be a better way, like, but I don't know it. And it's really frustrating. And in the meantime, like, I am ruining this child, this human being in front of me. And that is a heavy feeling. Um, even as a teacher, that is a heavy feeling. Um, and, you know, a big part of kind of where the content kind of grew into just like, and, and sharing and sharing my journey and sharing, it's just that a big part of where our challenges are is that we're just repeating unconsciously or sometimes consciously, but more times than not unconsciously repeating unhealthy habits of behavior that we learned from you know our adults when we were young and that have been conditioned into us and a lot of times we don't even know and, you know a lot of us like oh I didn't realize I had all this stuff to work through until I became a parent right oh yeah and then my you know the child you know my child maybe realized like oh, I actually do 
I thought I worked on that. And like, I thought I worked on that before, but um, clearly I still have more work to do, right? Um, yeah. And yeah, so right. those, those generally tend to pass on those generational patterns unconsciously. And a big part of what I do in my content is helping us see what those cycles are, right? And not just doing it because it was the way that we were raised, but actually being conscious of, okay, that was, that was the way that I was raised. I felt some way about it, but let me be conscious about like what I'm saying and what I'm doing and how it's impacting the other person. Right. And, you know, like I was actually just talking about this, not when I'll wrap up here um, with this thought. uh, So we can kind of go back and forth. Um, But someone asked me like, which one of like the labels do you identify with the most? Like gentle parenting or peaceful parenting or or, uh, respectful parenting and, I would say like the the big thing, and I kind of thought I was reflective on this question, um, that conscious parenting feels most accurate. Um, Conscious discipline, conscious parenting, but the descriptor is conscious, being conscious of what we're doing, right? And and I think that is what I would say is the most accurate label. I'm not a big fan of labels, but we're going to label it. I'd say that's the most accurate label for what we're all kind of talking about and doing, right? Because even like gentle parent, like people, people's idea of what gentle is, right? Like some people would 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 feel when you're holding a boundary and you feel really overwhelmed, it doesn't feel like you may not describe yourself as like gentle, right? No. That's not a gentle feeling that you're having, right? But it's essential and, and gentle and respectful, whatever, like holding boundaries is a big part of it, right? Yeah. Um, but some people will hear gentle parent, gentle parenting and, and, and will have that. there's no boundaries. Yeah. Right. Right. Oh, you just, you're just, you know, and maybe because it's like the action of like, maybe even the same thing for, you know, being a peaceful parent, right? Like, well, maybe sometimes I don't want to be peaceful. Maybe there's a time. And if we just say, Hey, instead of like, be gentle, be peaceful, be respectful. Instead, like, let's try to be conscious. Let's try to be aware. And then we can make the choices based on our awareness. Um, I think that is, that may be a message that's more digestible. I want to tell you about a great podcast that you should check out, especially if you ever deal with any school system, which you probably do. It's called Understood Explains. This season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Ortube, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. And this season of Understood Explains covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP and busts common myths about special education. So I checked out the episode on the difference between IEPs and 504 plans because my daughter Maggie uses a 504 plan and it was really, really helpful. It went over all the differences, which one's better, how to get them, different myths and what your rights are, all kinds of different things that you should understand if your child may need extra help in education through an IEP or a 504 plan. The tone is super helpful, friendly, and smart. I highly recommend you check it out. To listen to Understood Explains, just search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's it. Understood Explains. 
We are supported by Mysteries About True Histories, affectionately known as Math Mysteries About True Histories. It's a weekly show full of time travel puzzles, hidden equations, history, and lots of laughs. I highly recommend this podcast. It's really wonderful, especially if you have kids like around like six plus, but it can totally be enjoyed by the whole family. So I listened to the episode, The Pirate Queen, and you're just dropped right in the middle of the action. People are fighting. There's sword fight. And then these kids, they've gone on a time travel mission and they have to solve problems in the midst of it. And it really just like exemplifies everything we support here at Mindful Parenting. You know, kids who are adventurous, doing things on the world, they're capable. And then they do things like they have to do math, they have to think critically, they have to code break and pattern solving and all this great stuff. Beyond just the Pirate Queen episode, which I highly recommend, episodes transport listeners to moments in history, too, like Pythagoras, Ancient Greece, the era of the Aztecs, Sir Isaac Newton's England, and more. So jump in with your family. Follow the adventures of Max and Molly on an adventure through time with puzzles and hidden equations and laughs. And it really does make learning really fun and really cool. Perfect for ages six and up. New episodes drop every Thursday, each stacked with so much laughter that your kiddos won't even realize how much they're learning. So tune into Mysteries About True Histories with your kids, and you can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. That's Mysteries About True Histories. Like mindfulness is about, it's like, let's be aware. Let, let, let's not just like pat, like reflexively do these same things. Like let's make a conscious choice, right? Let's not, yeah. let's actually make a choice. And that requires us to look at research, look at what really does work, look at what really doesn't work. What are the effects of the ways that we parented, you know, our parents parented in the past? Is that really effective? Even if you turned out okay, is it really effective? Right? Mm. Like, and and instead, can we like look at and be aware of what is actually effective? And I, I think that that's what you're pointing to, right? Is like, let's just like open our eyes a little bit more and not just say, I mean, that's the thing about parenting is like we go into it and we say, you know, we get training to training to drive a car, training to teach in a Montessori classroom, training to to be a barista at Starbucks. And then we go into parenting and we're like, we're just going to wing it and do whatever <laughs> our parents did. And then we end up we'll figure it out. It's all <laughs> natural, right? Like... It's, all, it's all instinctual. Yeah. And then, and then, and then we repeat those patterns. So what are the things that aren't effective that we don't want to repeat? Like, what are some of the things that parents habitually do? And, and I'm, I'm really interested also in kind of you speaking to this too, because, you know, you're like a black man. I'm, I'm a white woman. And a lot of times, like the, the dads in mindful parenting have a hard time hearing the, the message that we both speak to in our own different voices uh, from, you know, uh, I'm a woman, right. Who, who may have a per certain perspective. And so I'm always really eager to talk to men because men are, in general, in our culture are like taught to be put in a little box, right. About feelings, to put in that little, that little man box, um, about, you know, and to, to kind of be tough and, you know, and you don't have a lot of feelings and, 
and you know you know the, there's like a kind of a there are it's a little bit stereotypical but it's there because it's it's still pretty common that a lot of dads are are very interested in like let's get those timeouts and punishments and hold these kind of things so and i'm so i'm interested to kind of hear from your voice about this so that maybe maybe it'll be a, a voice that some some people will, will hear that might might have been just harder to hear, you know, from yeah. from my voice or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. The first thing I want to say, we asked this like when, when like in this conversation, like, oh, like what are the things, what are the unhealthy patterns? Um, first thing I want to say here is that that's where everyone starts off, but we can't stay there. Like, yeah. like when people start on their journey, it's like, I don't want to do the things like you come to the realization of, like, I don't want to do the thing that I don't want to be my parents. I don't want to raise my kids that way, but we can't stay there because if you focus on what you don't want, you're going to get more of that. You want to focus on what you do want. And so you want to create a, a, a vision values around a culture around what you do want, like who, like the person, the parent that you do want to be, um, and be very clear about that within yourself and with the people you're caring for, the people in your family. That's the first thing that I want to say. Now, in terms of, um, in terms of before actually saying like what unhealthy and giving examples of unhealthy habits in terms of like men and women kind of having a different perspective. Um, I actually have, I actually want to tease into why I think that is and why traditionally where that comes from, kind of talking about these generational cycles, right? Because it didn't just happen like in this generation or even the generation before us where like, all of a sudden men decide to like, okay, like we're not going to have any feelings and we're going to condition, try to our very best to try to condition, um, you know, they're, they're suffering from this too. I mean, they, they suffer from that, that uh, right. A hundred, a hundred percent. But like, you know, so like, think about like, let's, let's think back even like centuries ago because generations like a, like it is, it, we do have to go back that far, right? We can go back even further and talking about our brain and 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 how we are just the male has been meant to be the protector, right? The protector and the provider, and and it makes sense. And like a primal world where where you know you're just trying to survive, and that it would make sense to ignore your feelings, right? If there's a lion. Mm staring down at me being sad and or disappointed or afraid and feeling my feelings in that moment probably isn't the best thing for my brain to start to do to survive right it's probably probably ignoring the feelings in the moment maybe maybe drawing on fear maybe maybe drawing on anger or fear, but mm. ignoring like sadness to, to get through the moment, to push through, to survive. Mm. It makes a lot of sense, right? And mm-hmm. and it would make a lot of sense on where why that kind of responsibility traditionally would fall on the male, the mm. protector, right? The problem is that the lion is no longer staring down at us, right? And that. In, in most of our situations, that 
that will want to, to go back a little bit, sorry, that one in that moment when you ignore your emotions and you, you know, stone cold, ignore your emotions, you fight the lion or you flee or whatever, use whatever survival skill that you have to do it, right? Probably not feeling your feelings and, or, or taking the perspective of the, of the lion or anything like that. That's good for the moment. But when we have that habit over and 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 over again, and that becomes our habit, that will slowly kill us. It doesn't, if, if we have a short lifespan, we're only going to live to 25, 30, then it doesn't matter as much because we're not playing the long game. We're playing the short game, survive long, in the moment. Long enough to reproduce. I really appreciate this like perspective because it does have benefits, right? Like there are benefits. And I think that's so cool that you brought those out. Yeah. Now let's fast forward to, you know, present day um, where this isn't the situation typically, right? When, you know, when your uh, toddler is touching things or when your, uh, your partner does something that is triggering to you or you're in the workplace and something doesn't go your way or something doesn't happen as you expect it's you're not in that same position where the lion is going to attack you like you're not about to die but our brain has been wired this way our brain is still wired for that survival because we've been in more of a kind of a survival mode for longer than we've been in this thriving mode so our brains are still wired that way just because we've change the way that we live and we've updated our technology doesn't mean that the wiring of our brain updates along with it. We still see, we, when we see that the, the, the child and we feel like they're, we feel out of control and we feel like they are disrespecting our authority. We still see it as that line and still react as that line. Right. And instead of the healthy thing to do, the healthy habit that we want to create so we have longer, healthier, more meaningful, happier lives is to acknowledge what we're feeling. Mm -hmm. Don't ignore the feeling. Don't unconsciously just react to the feeling. Become conscious and aware of it. Acknowledge it. Give it a word. See what story you're telling yourself about that. Breathe. Mm -hmm right? Go through those things, right? Maybe different situations, you're, you know, you're overwhelmed, cry, right? This is what our body, this is what our body needs to do to work through emotions. Now, what happens when we don't? And males, females, it doesn't matter, right? What happens when we don't? Just because we ignore an emotion doesn't mean it goes away. Right, it still it it's it doesn't disappear. Ignoring your emotions doesn't make them disappear. It's they unprocessed. they get stored in your body and they are manifested in other ways. Could be through misbehavior that you're uh, you know trying to figure out, trying to stomp out the behavior, not realizing that there's this underlying thing that's happening, and the behavior is just the symptom. They can't express how they feel they can't ex they can't express their feeling i want the toy bag you took my toy i'm so mad at you they can't express that verbally so they have to express it physically but through hitting then we see the behavior like why are you hitting stop hitting there's something wrong with you and then we try to punish or time out really it, 
would be most helpful is to teach them the skill to express how they're feeling. So they don't feel like they have to get it out with their hands because they're trying to solve their problem. This internal conflict that they have, they're trying to solve their problem and the skill that they have, they're using the survival skills of hitting, right? And we can teach them the skill of expressing it verbally. And that's the healthier, more pro-social way to do things. And those are the skills that we want to teach. Those are humans that we want to raise, right? We don't want to raise humans who, when they get triggered, they're hitting people. When they get triggered, they're having a conversation, right? In a way that's not attacking the other person physically or verbally. Right, but that requires us to acknowledge our own emotions and deal with our own, work through our own emotions so that they don't, that we just don't attack them. So what happens, back to the question, what happens, right? It manifests through misbehavior. It can manifest in poor gut health, manifest in a weakened immune system. The, the body and the brain are so connected, they talk to each other and the, system, the, the body system is very much connected to are our, our feelings, right? Our nervous system. And, and so when we are ignoring our feelings as, you know, you know, we've been conditioned this way, especially if you are a male, but also many women been conditioned oh, sure, the same yeah. way. It's generally in society. I think males probably get more intense message of it, maybe a little bit more of it. But I think we all kind of receive the message. Males maybe get a little bit more, but also look at the, our life expectancy for males are is not as long as um, females. Also, suicide rate is higher for males, right? Um, and because we don't know how to express our feelings, deal with our feelings in a healthy way, because we've been conditioned to ignore them, and unless we're conscious of this, we're likely going to pass on that same pattern to our children, to whoever you're caring for, to the, 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 the child you're caring for. Yeah, because they're modeling from you. If you're acknowledging your feelings, then they're learning to do that, right? If you're yes. stuffing it down, they're learning to do that, right? It's like we always knew, you know, we know now that the bullies are the ones who are bullied themselves mm -hmm. because that's what they were doing. Um, you know, they're their kids are terrible at doing what we say, but often great at doing what we do, right? They're great at yeah. like just modeling that. Sometimes like it's it's kind of funny, you know, I think as parents, like we get into a situation where we're so frustrated with our kids and we like, if only you will just change your behavior, then I will be able to calm down. It's like basically <laughs> the subtext of what we're saying, right? Yeah, we're like, yeah. you just you know and it's crazy because we're the adults we're the ones who have the fully developed brain right like it's incumbent upon us to be the adults to to make that shift but it's not easy it's also a big ask yeah. that we're both at like asking people to do is to say you know you have a pattern that you you know maybe like you know you may have trauma in your dna you may mm -hmm. have patterns that have been going on for generations and generations and generations and there's so much suffering and to transform that suffering is a big ask, but I think that our kids can be a motivator to to transform our own suffering. You know, to to start to to develop those healthy ways of of mindfully processing our feelings rather than you know shoving them down or exploding in rage. Right? You know, I mean, yeah. it just shows how I think that you know I think that can be an exposure to how little control we have we think we're very strong but it's it's mm. actually a form of strength to um 
to to deal with your feelings in a healthier way to to yeah. acknowledge them is a incre- is an incredible form of strength. Hello, you sentient ball of stardust. My name is Casey Davis. I'm a therapist and I'm an author of the book How to Keep House While Drowning, where I talk about ways to make it a little bit easier to take care of yourself when you're overwhelmed, stressed, have mental health issues, physical health issues, or maybe you're just in a hard season of life. Maybe you're looking for a place that you can come and listen to some practical advice. This is a podcast for all of the self-help rejects. We're going to talk about skills for survival and self-kindness. And I'm going to leave the pop psychology at the door. I promise not to tell you to meditate or to journal. We're just going to give you some really insightful conversations with hopefully some practical advice. So I don't believe you need to pick yourself up by the bootstraps. I don't want you to just try harder. And I don't believe that laziness exists. So join me over on Struggle Care, where we can find compassionate solutions that help us function a little bit better. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. That is strength because it's really a lot of times when people will describe as strength is really fragility. You're afraid of your feelings. You're afraid of of, of dealing with disappointment and fear or, or uh, not having control. So you shove it all down. And, 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 and we've kind of been taught to avoid the emotion and, and to be afraid. So I a hundred percent agree with you. And on the note of the, if you just change your behavior, then I'll be able to change my behavior. Like that's so true that we say all the time. And like, just thinking about like, Behavior change is hard for adults and for children, right? And so like having the expectation, if we're going to have the expectation for a child to change their behavior, then why wouldn't we have the expectation for ourselves to change our behavior, knowing that the only thing we have actual control over is our own behavior. And our own behavior will influence their behavior and will impact their behavior. So instead of trying to control the things that you can't control and trying to micromanage and spend so much energy trying to control children, Um, you know, focus on the change that we can make, right? And if you don't think, if you have any doubt in your mind, if you're out there listening, you're like, yeah, I know, I try the language, I try the modeling, but like, they're not like getting it or they're not going to get it or I don't think it's going to, they're going to get it. Like, if you don't think that modeling and modeling language is impactful, we're going to, I'm, we're going to, this is, this is what we're going to do. This is what I want you to do. Okay. I'm going to play a little game. I want you just for the next week. You don't even got to do it for a long period of time. For the next week, you're a teacher listening to this, going to the classroom. If you're if your parent, just in your household, 
start dropping the F-bomb and the the S-bomb and C-bomb and and see what happens. I bet they're going to learn some new language, right? (laughs) And and, and we're so aware of that, right? You know, and some people curse around the kids, some people don't, you know, whatever. But people who are like, 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 I really don't want children to learn curse words. And especially as a a teacher, you're really hyper aware of it because one child starts, you know, saying a word, you know, you're hyper aware of it. We know, like, we're afraid that they're going to uh, use the language that we're modeling for them, but then we're skeptical that they're going to learn from hearing the language that we're modeling for them. Um, so. That's a really good point, Chaz. I'm I'm stealing that example right there. That's like <laughs> a really great. That's a really great point. But so let's. I want to get into the like point of view of like the skeptical parent here and say like, but you know, a parent might say something like, but you know, my child is like being disrespectful to me, and they are mm-hmm. you know they're giving me the the sassy no. And they're, they're throwing their stuff in the ground and whatever they're being disrespectful. How do you, how do you respond to that kind of situation? The first thing, you know, whenever, whenever we use the word like being disrespectful, we're saying that another person is being a way and we're using it as a way to justify our actions. The first thing I invite people to reflect on is like, what is, what is disrespect? Like, what is, what is disrespect? And are they being disrespectful or do you feel disrespected? Because those are two really different things. Like we can feel like, I can feel disrespected that you didn't compliment my shirt that I'm wearing. You know, that doesn't mean you're being disrespectful. Right. And if I have a trigger that's already there, that's like, that's like they because I really care about my appearance and maybe you know growing up my parents like will always get on me about like what I wear and fashion and so maybe even in school that was a big deal and and so that's something that's really in my world in my worldview that's something that's really important and if someone doesn't compliment my shirt or someone you know even says something doesn't give me a good enough compliment or makes any comment then I could be triggered by it right and that's because that's my trigger like that's this is what I want people to hear this is this is the important part when you're triggered that's your trigger it's not someone else's trigger, your trigger, right? There's something in you or there's, there's something, there's a button that you have and someone pushed it. Yeah, someone pushed your button, but that button is yours, right? That, that's your stuff that you're dealing with. So likely often when it's like the child's being disrespected, it's really the child's triggering something within you that probably has nothing to do with the actual child. Right. When we really unpack it, like we really have the conversation. It's like, you know, we have like, okay, well, so why do we need to respond? Like, why do we need to respond harshly? Or like, why, why is this the response? Or why do you feel disrespect? And then it goes into the story. Then we start to hear the story, right? It's like, because they'll never learn how to, you know, respect 
authorities, if they're talking back to me, then they'll never get a job. They'll never learn to be a respectful human being. They won't be a good human. And these are the stories that we'll, we'll, we'll tell ourselves. I'm like, okay, so this is the story. This it always is, this, ends up with your child being a sociopath. Eventually we always get there somewhere or them not, maybe they're a sociopath or they'll never be successful in life yeah, yeah, yeah. or, mm-hmm. you know, something like that. Right. And let's deal with that then. Okay. So that's your real, that's the real thing that you're struggling with. That's your real fear. That's the trigger. That's the thing that they're triggering in you. Let's talk about that. Let's let's not only talk about that and like within your like unpack kind of where that's coming from in you, so you can be aware and conscious of that and realize that it has actually nothing to do with your child. Your it has nothing to do with your three year old. Actually, has more to do with the way that you were raised and the, you know your conditioning that your mom, your dad, or your you know your grown up had this rule, and now you feel like it's got to be a thing, but it's not necessarily. That's not necessarily true, but that's the story we're telling ourselves, right? So, and then I will, then we talk about the tools that we use to help that child because the child's being disrespectful. It's like, again, they're likely trying to, they're trying to get a point across. They're trying to express something that they're feeling and maybe they didn't do it in a pro-social way or a way that was, they didn't do it in the best way, right? In the most respect, in the most respectful way. Right. Which is also true for us adults, too. How many times do we get like overwhelmed with emotion and we don't say things the way that we wish we would have or the way that we would if we were completely regulated? Right. I know. Sometimes we have higher standards for kids than we have for other adults. We often do, you know, especially around like if you're asking them to do something. Good Lord. But continue. Yeah. Yeah. And we don't, you know, we don't always see it that way. We're not always conscious that we have. Mm the higher expectations, right? How can we actually help this child, right? So really it's how can I, how can we help this child express, get their point across, express what they're feeling in a better way, right? In a more respectful, more effective way. Because teaching children to advocate for themselves is really important, right? Because if you don't know how to advocate for yourself, you don't know the process, you don't know, like, you feel like it never worked, like, it's, it's like, you don't even know that there is a process, or you feel like you'll always be shut down, you don't know if there's a way, then you're probably going to go to the lower parts of your brain, the more using a little more survival skills and the emotional part of your brain and yelling and, ah, and try to power your way into it. But if you have the process and things like to keep in mind, like of like, Okay, like do some perspective taking, validate how the other person's feeling, you know, talk about, yeah. And this is something that you're building over. This is an ongoing conversation over a long period of time, right? Obviously your toddler is probably, they're not gonna be doing a lot of perspective taking as they're trying to advocate for their needs, right? Um, But if you can do some perspective taking and modeling that language, in terms of like, I see your feeling, you know, this is, you know, you're wanting, then that's all you're already building the foundation for that, right? You're already, you're already helping them learn that language so that they can use that language when they have a big emotion and they feel really strongly that they should have more screen time, right? And that doesn't mean that they're going to necessarily get the thing that they're advocating for. Um, but you you make it clear that 
they can advocate and there's a way to do it and you're going to be listening. You're going to listen to them and not be dismissive, right? Um, I'd get disrespectful too if I felt like I was trying to advocate for something and you were ignoring me, ignoring me, ignoring me and I felt like it was really important. At some point, I'll probably, I'll probably get disrespectful too. So, like, so I give people the skills, right? So hopefully yeah. in, my, in, my, in my consciousness, I will, like, you know, breathe and regulate and try to, you know, think of a different way and try to reach the other person. But that takes a lot of work and who can blame, like, the children have to learn that, right? We have to learn. What you're describing, though, is that learning process. Like, first we do something for our kids, right? And then we do something with our kids and then we watch them do it and then they do it on their own. And that takes a lot of time for different skills, you know, it takes a long time and it takes, and it takes a lot of modeling. It takes a lot of like repeating ourselves to, in a skillful way for our kids to learn some skillful language. And that's Mm -hmm. okay. That's normal. Repeating ourselves in a skillful way. I like the way that you phrase that, um, to be, because, you know, a lot of times like we turn into robots, right? You, 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 you read a script, or something and then it's like the thing you say over and over again and like maybe it like uh it's not working like yeah it's not working because it's not authentic you're you're just you're just using that as a often the you know kind of like an example is like all your feelings are okay and it's okay to have feel this feeling and yeah and that's true and that's like really good you know and you know at some at some point like that's probably more for us to know something we need to say to ourselves because like if we're just doing like the thing when they're emotional to try to just to to get rid of the emotion or try to stop the thing and we're like i see you're angry like we're not really present in that moment and that's not authentic and it's patronizing and it's and, and it gets translated into a just calm down right we're using yeah, it's like emotional earth. dishonesty because if we're seething inside <laughs> it's like i hear you saying <laughs> Yeah. And they know, and they know that it's, they, they know that it's not authentic. Right. And they know that like, especially you're doing it over and over, like they're going to learn like, oh, this isn't something you're trying to do to, it's not all that's often our intentions are when we're trying to like validate an emotion or even like I, I, I made um, a song um, called like a breathing song and it was really helpful for a lot of people, but something that was a little like, I got to make another video about is that like, you know, people were, people were using it. And like, when their child was like upset, they would like kind of like shove the phone in their face and like, oh, Mr. Child's like singing you. And like, sure. And some people were like, oh, like that actually really helps my child. And sure. For some people in some moments, right. Context, situation, a lot of things, right. There's a lot of variables there, but like it can, we have to be conscious that that can be taken as like, just calm down, stop your emotion. I'm only validating your feeling so that you get over it and we can do the next thing. I'm only- Yeah, it's, non, it's non-acceptance and saying, yeah, it's like, just fix this problem. I don't really accept you for who you are, right? Right. And, and then it's a manipulative intent. It's not yes. a really authentic intent. Yes. And and I want to like tie it back a little bit to like our experience as adults, because that's sometimes what helps us empathize. Mm, Yeah. 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 Thank you. Right. Please do. Imagine, you know, you're at work 
and you're there's something that you're upset about, something you know, like you feel like you have a really disgruntled about something. Maybe maybe you felt disrespected in a meeting. Maybe you're working longer hours than what was agreed upon. Maybe you're taking on some you know more work than what was agreed upon, doing you know other people's jobs. And you go in and you're like, hey, you know, you, you go and you talk to, uh, like, I have you talk to your leader and say, hey, I have a problem. I want to talk to you, right? And they do like, okay, come into my office. And you're like, okay, let's, let's, let's have this conversation. And then you start sharing about how you're feeling and like, or that you felt disrespected or whatever the story was. And then they just start reading from their HR sheet of what the, their response is supposed to be to you. How are you going to feel? You're going to probably be even more PO'd than when you walked in that office, right? Because like you really don't care, actually care. You really just want to, you're just dismissing me in another way. You're Now you're just dismissing me in a way, in a patronizing way to just move me along. You don't actually care. I don't actually feel seen. Um, and I'm probably going to quit, <laughs> right? Because there's no other, like the girls do I go to, right? This is, this is what we do here. Um, so just imagine that, right? Like a lot of times we are that mm-hmm. we we see and 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 all with all the best intentions, you know, we're on social media or listening to podcasts, trying to get information, trying to learn, trying to grow, so that we can, you know, provide a better life, a healthier, more an, an emotionally healthier life uh, than maybe what we had growing up, right? And so it's all the good intentions. So we use the script, and like, oh, that is better to say than suck it up. And I didn't have any language for it because it wasn't modeled to me. Um, And so I don't have any language. And so like, let me use this script. And then you use it and then it just becomes this robotic thing. And I'm not saying scripts are like evil or bad and we should never ever use scripts or scripts, but like they have their utility, sure, but like don't get stuck in the script, right? Use that as a stepping stool. Like use the script and like build, like understand what the script is trying to communicate. It's the like raft the to get to the it. other shore. It's the raft to get to the other shore. It's not the destination. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would say that it is the. It is just like an oar. Yeah, it's it's the, not even the raft. I know. As I said yeah. that, yeah, yeah, it's like it's like the oar, or it's like the seat in the raft. <laughs> right, right, right. Let's just it's just a tool to help you. It's not gonna get you there on your own. And by the way, there's no destination. <laughs> by the way, there's no destination. This is the most important part of this whole conversation that we have to have before I get off here. Yeah, there is no destination. Thank Perfect you. doesn't exist. Um, I always say, avoid being a perfectionist, be an improvementist. The goal isn't to be perfect every day. The goal is to improve a little every day. So often we will see the Instagram mom, dad, or whatever, family, the pictures, whatever, getting sent the, the postcards and we see it. And then it was like, oh, we're, then we will shame ourselves. And we're like, we're not the perfect family and we'll shame ourselves for where we're at in our journey, not even realizing that that curated picture or feed or whatever doesn't even exist. That's not even a representation of, of their, their actual reality. Um, it's not, but we're comparing it like their, their perfect curated life to our, what we know about our real, the realness of life, right? Of the ups and the downs that they have too, whether they're sharing it or not, 
but we see that and I'm like, why am I not perfect? And when we mess up, we make a mistake, we shame ourselves. Like I'm such a bad insert label here. I'm such a bad parent. I'm such a bad teacher. I'm such a bad mom, dad, such a bad, whatever it is. Right. And that actually stops us from improving. That actually yeah. slows us from improving. That's like the current against the wrath. Right. And instead we want to move with the current instead of it. We want to say like, Hey, acknowledge that I did, I didn't make a mistake. I may be experiencing some guilt. That's okay to, to feel guilt. The difference between guilt and shame is guilt is like, okay, I feel bad about something I did. Shame is more like I'm a bad person because of whatever or something I did or whatever the reason is. And so it's okay to feel guilty about like a mistake that we made or messing up. Like that's a part of it too. Like that's an emotion. Again, the emotions are information from the body and they're telling us something. And we want to listen to that and sit in it and feel it and be like, yes, I do feel guilty. Like, and, and let that inspire us to make a change, to do something to improve a little, to make a little improvement the next day, to do something a little different, right? That does take a lot of effort because it takes conscious effort because you're stopping a cycle, a cycle. You're stopping like, a, it's almost like stopping a moving train. I don't know if you ever saw that meme, like that Spider-Man meme, but like it takes a lot of effort. So <laughs> a, a little bit of improvement and and, and when we shame ourselves, we're stopping ourselves on our track. So avoid being a perfectionist, so be an improvementist. The goal is to be, the goal is not to be perfect every day. The goal is to improve a little every day. Mm, absolutely. Yes. So, so true. Um, yeah. You, you know, we, you have permission to be human, dear listener. And I think that's mm -hmm. what Chaz is giving you and, and uh, as well as all those wonderful Wonderful perspective and advice here. Um, where can people find you and your wonderful videos, my friend? Oh man, you can find me on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, all podcasting platforms. And you can also get access to one-on-one -on -one coaching with me through www.patreon.com forward slash Mr. Chaz. I'm Mr. Chaz on pretty much all platforms and that's Mr. Chaz with the sites two Z's. It's a podcast, you probably see the, name, the way my name is spelled, but um, Mr. Chaz with Chaz on TikTok, Mr. Chaz Space, Mr. Chaz on Facebook, and Mr. Chaz on Instagram. I think that's pretty clear. Um, yeah. <laughs> I want to I wanna thank you. Um, and like I said, I mean, for anyone who's a longtime listener of this podcast, you can see all the incredible, the why I wanted Mr. Chaz to come on here because of the way he speaks to the things that we've spoken to for many years in such a wonderful, refreshing way and with a lot of compassion for us as parents. And I think that's, you know, we need that kids and parents need a lot of compassion to make those bit by bit changes every day. So thank you so much for taking the time for sharing your voice with us today. I really, really appreciate it. I appreciate you having me on and listeners too. Uh, feel free to check out my podcast, Mr. Chaz's Leadership Parenting and Teaching Podcast. And I hope this was helpful. I hope it was valuable. And um, I'll see you on the interwebs. I love talking to Chaz. I love his voice. I love his insight and his sensitivity. So, so awesome. Listen, if you love this episode, please do me a favor, share it on your Instagram stories and tag me in it at mindfulmamamentor. 
and that sharing the podcast is such a great way to support it and get this message out to more and more people, of course, around the world. So thank you. Thank you so much for listening. I I appreciate you being here. I am so happy for you to be on this journey. If you ever want to take it deeper, if you want to join me for live coaching calls or my mindful parenting coaches in mindful parenting we do 36 hours of live coaching every year it's like an amazing amount of parent coaching that you get and a lot of members have it for a lifetime so for like every age and stage so if you want to take it deeper go over to mindfulparentingcourse.com and learn more about when we will open the doors next So thank you so much for listening, my friend. I appreciate you being here. I appreciate you being on this journey in whatever capacity you are. And I wish you a great week. I wish you ease. I wish you peace. I wish you lightness. I hope that you can not take things so seriously. And I will work on that too, my friend. Thank you so much for listening. Namaste. definitely do it it's really helpful it will change your relationship with your kids for the better it will help you communicate better and just I'd say communicate better as a person as a wife as a spouse it's been really a positive influence in our lives so definitely do it I'd say definitely do it it's so worth it the money really is inconsequential when you get so much benefit from being a better parent to your children and feeling like you're connecting more with them and not feeling like you're yelling all the time or you're like, why isn't things working? I would say definitely do it. It's so, so worth it. It'll change you. No matter what age someone's child is, it's a great opportunity for personal growth and it's great investment in someone's family. I'm very thankful I have this. You can continue in your old habits that aren't working or you can learn some new tools and gain some perspective to shift everything in your parenting. Are you frustrated by parenting? Do you listen to the experts and try all the tips and strategies, but you're just not seeing the results that you want? Or are you lost as to where to start? Does it all seem so overwhelming with too much to learn? Are you yearning for a community of people who get it, who also don't want to threaten and punish to create cooperation? Hi, I'm Hunter Clarkfields, and if you answered yes to any of these questions, I want you to seriously consider the Mindful Parenting membership. You'll be joining hundreds of members who have discovered the path of mindful parenting and now have confidence and clarity in their parenting. This isn't just another parenting class. This is an opportunity to really discover your unique, lasting relationship, not only with your children, but with yourself. It will translate into lasting, connected relationships, not only with your children, but your partner too. Let me change your life. Go to mindfulparentingcourse.com to add your name to the waitlist, so you will be the first to be notified when I open the membership for enrollment. I look forward to seeing you on the inside mindfulparentingcourse.com. Hello, you sentient ball of stardust. My name is Casey Davis. I'm a therapist and I'm an author of the book, How to Keep House While Drowning, where I talk about ways to make it a little bit easier to take care of yourself when you're overwhelmed, stressed, 
have mental health issues, physical health issues, or maybe you're just in a hard season of life. Maybe you're looking for a place that you can come and listen to some practical advice. This is a podcast for all of the self-help rejects. We're going to talk about skills for survival and self-kindness. And I'm going to leave the pop psychology at the door. I promise not to tell you to meditate or to journal. We're just going to give you some really insightful conversations with hopefully some practical advice. So I don't believe you need to pick yourself up by the bootstraps. I don't want you to just try harder. And I don't believe that laziness exists. So join me over on Struggle Care, where we can find compassionate solutions that help us function a little bit better.